Life can be many things to many people. What do you want your life to be? In this exclusive Spotify podcast, discover the art of living with Gurudev. Since you have this iconic look, what fashion advice do you have for us? The best fashion is your smile. Keep a smile. Often, do you know in the fashion parades, I was told that the models are asked not to smile. You know why? Because the smile will take away the attention of people from their dresses. <laughs> so they are told not to smile but keep a stern face. Have you noticed they walk with the dress with a stern face? So people are not interested to look at their face, they want to look at the dress more. I don't want you to be a model of that sort. Your fashion is your smile and your confidence. What level of self-love is healthy? When does self-love and confidence turn into narcissism? When you don't care for others, you become insensitive to others' existence, others' wishes. And your self-love does not include, it becomes too exclusive, it doesn't include others. It's not even self-love, it is simply arrogance. Now, self-love is there, you must not uh, try to cultivate it. Just assume you love yourself, because you are made up of love. There are people who say, get up in the morning and keep saying, I love myself, I love myself, I love... This is so weird, I tell you. See, you are in Atlanta, you don't every day morning wake up and say, I am in Atlanta, I am in Atlanta. If you keep repeating that you are in Atlanta, you will land up, you will end up in mental hospital. So this so-called self-esteem program and asking one to know, I love myself, I love my... This is counterproductive to be a normal, human being. So you should not say that. Know that you are loved. You love yourself. That's it. How to properly help someone deal with trauma um, and kind of how to help them cope with their pain. We must teach them the breathing, sky breathing technique, number one. Second, little bit of meditation, that will do. And the third thing I would say is sympathy or pity doesn't help here so much. You have to tell them, look, you can handle it. You are strong. Not to say, oh, you poor thing, I'm so sorry for you. This type of, uh, you know, consoling doesn't help. Say, hey, come on, wake up. You can do it. You have the power. So, invoke the inherent power in them, rather than making them feel Oh, you are so sorry for them and what things should not have happened to you, what has happened to you, like that, you know, that sort of normal type of sympathy that people show. Another great question for the audience, when trust is broken, how can it ever be mended or rebuilt? Suppose you are in the same place, put yourself in the shoes of that person. Due to some circumstances or some situation or whatever, you break someone's trust. How would you like to be treated? This is one perspective. Second is, maybe they are not as strong as you are, as committed as you are. Maybe they have some weak spots. Can you give them a chance 
see them from a broader vision of what led them to break the trust. Can you see their situation from a wider spectrum or broad spectrum? You will end up saying, oh poor thing. They didn't mean it, but they did something which they should not have done. You will have compassion for them. Or they succumbing to some temptation. Even then you will have compassion. Why do we still do things which we know to be harmful to ourselves? We still continue to do things which we know intellectually does harm to us. But you know, somewhere there is a promise of happiness or joy from it. You do things, it's out of sheer habit, number one. Second, it could be from an expectation of some sort of pleasure. This smoking doesn't bring great bliss to people. But dropping it is very painful because it has become a habit. This is one, one situation. Habits can push you into that corner of repeating things though you don't enjoy it. On the other side, certain things you do in which subconsciously your mind says, oh, I'm going to get some joy out of this. These are the only two situations. Now, how to get out of it? This is the second question, I know. Three things can help you to get out of your habits. Love, fear and greed. You use any of these. So suppose someone tells you, look, if you stop smoking, you get so much luck that you will get a lottery in a month's time. You stop smoking for one month and you will get a million dollars. I bet you everyone will say, ah. And you'll say, one, what, one month? I can do it for one and a half month also. Not 30 days they'll count, oh, I don't want to miss. Maybe 35 days I'll do it. One million dollars, that greed, that, that aspiration. It's better to say it, aspiration. Aspiration can get you out of your habit. Second, fear. If doctors say, come on, hey, if you drink one more peg, your liver will be out and you'll be finished. You'll see, many alcoholics stop drinking when doctors scare them that their liver is totally or three-fourths of it is damaged. They stop drinking. No de-addiction center could help them as much as that fear factor which helped them to, you know, uh, snap out of that habit. Third is love. If someone very close to you asks you a promise, say, come on, promise me that you will not do this for me. Will you? And say, okay. Then that love for someone very close to you can help you come out of that habit. Another question from the audience. As a student studying in university with many distractions, how to manage studying for meditation? Look, however busy you are, do you skip your meal? Do you skip taking a shower? Or do you skip brushing your teeth? No. Right? So, if I would call this as a mental hygiene, like you have dental hygiene, this mental hygiene. Take the 10 minutes to do some deep breathing. I tell you, it will add quality time to your life. Hope you liked the episode. 
follow Art of Living with Gurudev only on Spotify to get the latest updates.